What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Boot Brother Podcast. My name is Sean Item and my co-host, the Jason King, and we are Unapologetically Black Podcast about life and business. And we have a guest today, one of my partners, man. I think this dude been my partner for like 12 years, 11. It's been a decade, I believe. But uh, what, what you what you want to go by? Junior? You want to go by Gary Kessler? I don't I don't know how Junior. Okay. Everybody Junior. calls me Junior. Bet, bet. So my boy Kesselbach, uh, also Junior. Uh, he is a is an entrepreneur, a father, a man of God, man. Just a good all around brother. Uh, we first got to know each other in good old Alaska, so we got some history, like we were saying. But um, without further ado, uh, welcome to the show, brother. Welcome to the show, man. I'm glad to be here, man. This is an honor. You know what I'm saying? Like I always tell people all the time, man. Um, you got to find good mentors. You know, like people that have the same vision as you and um, want to see you grow. And I I definitely would say Sean is a big part of that in my life. Um, I've always knew how to cut hair. Working with Sean in Alaska back in the days, man, was like just big and it was instrumental because it was a grind for both of us. You know, <laughs> like me, you know, just really first time ever really being in a shop and learning how a shop works and then just seeing Sean take, you know, what we were working in. I can't remember the name of the shop, but I've watching him build that hair science brand, you know, like ground up day one, you know, everything, no loans, nothing, all, all from the muscle by itself. And that's inspiring when you see people do that, especially a person of color, you know, and he did it before Instagram, before social media and before Ooh, all these, these different outlets. And when you, when you see that, it's like, and for somebody to still be able to do it, that's big, man. Cause I came in the industry before that as well, but like with how the industry is now, none of these younger guys understand that they think we just were big overnight. They think they you're going to walk in a shop and you're supposed to make $2,000 a week. And it's like, dude, do you know how slow I was when I first started? It there, It's a process. It, like I wasn't busy from day one. Like it, I had to work. I had to mess people up. I had to learn. I had to learn how to be a great understander of like what makes clients like you. You know, because I used to, for the longest time, used to think people like you because of maybe you give a good haircut. Nope. About that. Good customer service. Everybody want to be treated well. That's why they like you. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? So once I learned that, I grew. Period. So, so Kesselbeck, I'm going to take it back a little bit. Um, like, so you're from North Carolina, right? Or South Carolina? Well, I lived in North Carolina. I'm not from there. I'm from Germany. From Germany, okay, okay, yeah, okay. and then you know, I'm I'm a I'm a boot brother too. Yeah, you boot brother too. I feel. <laughs> yeah, when, I, when we moved to United, when we moved to United States from um Germany, we moved to Louisiana. You know, yeah, we yeah. lived in Louisiana, so I lived there at least ten years. That's what's up. That's you know, up. and then I moved to North Carolina. Um, and then like my high school career moved to North Carolina, and then from North Carolina, I decided to join the army. And then, you know, I was in Alaska. Yeah. So you end up uh, you end up getting stationed in Alaska. What was your thoughts when you first landed in Alaska, man? Your first your first thought, like, how was that? I was like, why? <laughs> like, what am I going to do in Alaska? Like, I was like, I don't go outside. <laughs> you know, like, I don't do no outdoor stuff. What's and then on? I was like, I'm black. Like, they, ain't black. they can't be black people there. <laughs> you know, like, so I was like, I, I, why am I going there? And I was just upset. I was, 
it took me like three months to like just get over it that I'm in Alaska because I was like, man, this place is is depressing, you know. But then I want to say about a year in after I started learning the place, I still was young when I first got there, too. I was 19 when I got to Alaska, 19 well, going on 20. So I really couldn't do much. Um, I started learning and just accepting like, hey, you know what? Take this with a grain of salt. You you'll get to tell people you lived in Alaska, <laughs> you know, and, and I was like, all right. That's what it was. And then next thing you know, everything from then on, once I started embracing it, I got the opportunity to work at the barbershop. Yeah. And then just life went on from there. That's it was I'm great. Saying. So you were in the um you were in the military, man. Appreciate your service. I know you know you ain't in it no more, but you know, nah. I appreciate all my vets, bro. Um, like what was your biggest takeaway from being in the military? Like, what was the one thing you say? Like, if I had not went to the military, I might not have learned about that. I'm gonna be honest, I think if I didn't go to the military. I wouldn't be able to apply discipline in areas when I need it the most. Okay. Okay. You know, Let's yeah. Like the discipline, I think like the, I, I say it all the time to people. Um, I've, I, me personally, I've never failed at nothing that I've tried to do when the discipline was there. I've mm. only failed at things when I lack discipline, you know? Mm. So that's, that's the key, you know? So when I look at it like that, why did, why didn't something work out? It always goes back to discipline. It don't yeah. never go back to you ain't good at something because you yeah. can become good at anything that you want. It's always the discipline. Like maybe your your mind's not 100 percent there and you just say, hey, it ain't for you. That's right. So so you was in the military. Then you decided that, hey, man, I got a couple of hours after after work. I want to start cutting hair. What was that like? What what pushed you to want to get in the shop? You could have did it on the side. You didn't have to come to a, you know, the, and it was House of Cuts. You don't remember your first shop, but <laughs> the House of Cuts. What what really pushed you to want to come in, like cutting the shop? They, um, it was actually from my my supervisors, my first sergeant, and those guys, like, cause they was like, why don't you go get a job off base cutting hair too, you know? Um, and I and I never thought of it. And I was like, y'all will let me. And they was like, they was like, yeah, if you, you know, you get, you know, you sign that, you go get it approved by the company commander. It was like, you're allowed to have another job in the military. People do it all the time. But yeah, you have to go through the right channel, go through your, um, go through your superior first, your supervisor. And then from your supervisor, it goes to the first sergeant. And then from the first sergeant, it goes to the company commander. And they was all for it. You know, they was like, well, you did go, you did cut hair for us that whole year when we was in Iraq, you know, free of charge. I cut hair. I mean. 150 soldiers like and that was my job like they made me cut hair and i ain't get paid a dime oh exactly not, not even five bucks so <laughs> I, I was just cutting hair and they was like well we owe you at least that you yeah know, like, yeah yeah so they you know they allowed me to cut hair i think i was working what was it thursday fridays and saturdays like Bro, they let me in that, you was in that shop every day after work man you was home i was there after work but i remember yeah. But like, Saturdays was your day, like for yeah, sure. They gave me those days, and I was just like, it was a blessing, and it was it was kind of overwhelming because mm -hmm. I because it was like military, you don't gotta cut good, you know. It's like they, mm. I'm cutting better than what they doing on base. I knew that, you know, like like I you ain't getting you getting two chair spins with me. You're not getting one, you know, like the, them little Asian ladies. You get one spin done, <laughs> like their chair spin around once. All right, next, <laughs> like, and yeah, I was yeah. just like. It was overwhelming at the same time, and it was like I wanted to be really good at it. So I was, I was stressed at the same time. Like I might didn't show it, but it was overwhelming. It was, it was, 
you know, it was a big deal for me because I was like, dang, this is something I might be doing after the military. So yeah. and I just started loving it more and more and more and more and more, you know, and then it's just like, wow. And I, I just I made really good money off of the short amount of time that I worked, but I didn't have that right business mindset at that time. I wish I did, you know, like I wish like. And that, that's where it comes, man. You got to have a coach that, yeah. hey, you got an extra $1,000 coming in, $2,000. What are you going to do with it? Like, I wish um, I had that mindset of like, hey, put this up and get a property, you know, um, do this because yeah. it would have been that simple. You know, what, he, like, what he's trying to tell y'all is he was we was lightweight balling back then. <laughs> Yeah, man. Barbara, like, we, were, we, were, we, were, we was getting it, man. Like, yeah, we getting, and he was working in the military, so all of his bills were pretty much paid. Mm -hmm. So, like, he had free income, like, for real. Yeah, for sure, for sure. It was just free income, and it was, and I treated it as free income. I didn't yeah. save a dime of it, you know? Like, <laughs> yeah, that's the game. That's the game. <laughs> a, a dollar. I was like, man, <laughs> you know? But I'm happy yeah. I had that experience then because now I, don't, I won't. I don't do that no more. I'm done with that yeah. life. Like yeah. far as all of that, like I don't even go out clubbing. I don't do none of that stuff no more that I used to do when I was younger. I even separated myself from people that I hung around, That's you know, and, like it sucks. Cause some of these people I, I would call my real friends, but it's like, how am I going to teach somebody or even just teach my children? If I'm allowing somebody to do certain things, you know, and if I don't agree with, it, I'm not teaching them nothing. Correct. Yeah. You know, correct. So what was, what was, what was that like? So you said you felt overwhelmed. And like, I want you to take people back, bro, because we came up a different type of way. And I think it needs to be fully articulated. When we came up, like there was like two barber, two barber DVDs out there, y'all. Like, no, no shade. It was like Enter the Zone or something like that. Yeah. Um, Enter the Dragon zone. Clippers. And then this, this guy out of Atlanta named uh Alex Campbell. Shout yeah. out to Alex Campbell. He's still he's still good with us. But like that was it. So like mm -hmm. all of these young people, they got all these references and stuff like that. What was the experience like that in barbershops? Like just having to pretty much learn under the gun like that. My man, it was difficult, man. Cause like what my way of learning, like real talk, how I would learn, like I would buy these DVDs and I would bring them to the shop. Me and Sean would go through them. Cause we both wanted something. We both wanted to be better. You know, like you got all like these Spanish dudes come in, they take, they was taking over. And it was like, all right, <laughs> why are they like I get it? And they the, they've been good, you know. Like I don't, I don't know. What it, it was 12. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, oh. like they, you know, they razor and cats since they was already 12 years old. So it was like my way of learning was like the DVDs. I'm a very, very, very visual learner. Like mm. I don't physically have to do it to learn. I can watch it. Yeah. and learn it some people are not they got to be more hands-on so i'm very visual and i'm very good at what i see i can explain it to the next person probably better than the dude doing it because i'm watching yeah. what he's doing it like i'm that's one thing that i was blessed with that ability to watch something so i learned by going to get haircuts by people mm. i would i'm in the chair like i'm trying to they 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 um, put the clipper down. I'm trying to spin the chair slightly so I can see what, the, like, see what the angle look like. All right, yeah, he probably did that. <laughs> you know, like, like little stuff like that. Cause I'm a visual learner, and it was just an art of appreciation too. Like I, I wanted to be the best that I could be, and it was different, man. That we didn't have this YouTube that these guys got now. Like, and that's what's crazy though. That now, even looking at that, 
if me and Sean would have decided to like do a YouTube, we have one of the biggest YouTube channels oh, on. Oh man, <laughs> like like we would have probably the biggest barber yeah. YouTube channel in on the planet right now if we just yeah. was like, yo, why don't we do that? Even yeah. though like even us not being good, we still would have taught people. Like yeah. and that's what it bothers me because I was like, man, I was people don't realize I was like, man, I've been doing this YouTube thing for 15 plus years. Like yeah. if I would have just started a channel, I would probably have the biggest YouTube and I'm not discredit no barber out there, but I think I would have one of the biggest YouTube channels period in barber. Not because of that. I think my personality would have got me a little bit further than, you know, a lot of the other stuff. And then now I can cut like the, yeah. I would have been able to actually give you a good haircut too, but it's like, wow, you know, I, I missed that opportunity too. That's like Bitcoin right there. I missed that one. Like, <laughs> Who you talking you about? Know, like God, <laughs> bruh. Yeah, you when, know when you talking yeah. about Bitcoin? I I was in college, and they introduced Bitcoin and Facebook. I remember the day when I signed up for Facebook, and then I remember when Bitcoin rolled out. It was a hundred dollars. If I would have put a hundred dollars in the Bitcoin right now, I wouldn't be working for the rest of my life, <laughs> bro. If you would have put a dollar in it right now, you'd be- <laughs> If you would have put a dollar in it at when it was at a hundred, you'd be chilling right now. A dollar, man. <laughs> like, you would be chilling. You would. I don't know what a. I don't know what the equation on that is, but I'm pretty sure it's two, three hundred thousand dollars. You know, yeah. on a dollar back then. You know, probably more. You know, like, but I, it's crazy. You know, when you see those opportunities, it's like, I, when am I gonna learn to stop missing? <laughs> like, golly, yeah. 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 Yeah, so that that's that's good, man. That's a good segue. So you eventually leave Alaska. Uh, you get down to a shop, a very, very, very famous shop in in the bar. Well, before industry. before no no no. When, so you went back. Hold on, you went back to North Carolina, right? Exactly. So when I, I went back to North Carolina, and then when I went back to North Carolina, I linked up. North Carolina so strict though on how they do things. Um, they um, so they wouldn't. Um, North Carolina wanted me to go back to school. And I was like, I ain't going back to no school. Y'all crazy. You know, so um, when I moved to North Carolina, I was like, I ain't doing that. But I did it. You know, I still did it because I wanted to cut, man. So yeah. and I, I linked up with this guy named Rodney. Uh, I, I consider him another mentor in my life. And I was like, man, I'm going to just do it. You know, so I went to the school and I I was already really decent at that time. You know, um, cutting hair. I went into the school. I was cutting his hair within like a week there, he was like, "Yeah, I'm gonna need a haircut." <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> you know, like within a week there, I was already cutting the, the teacher's hair. Um, finished the school. North Carolina is very, very difficult on getting a barber's license. Like, North Carolina is probably one of the most difficult states in the U.S. to get a barber's license. Period. Wow. I'll put that against any state. Like, they take that stuff so serious on like the barber license. So it's fifteen hundred twenty-eight hours, and you have to do two practical exams. Mm. Oh, you got to make sure that you know. Okay, wow. Yeah, you have to do it live. Like, you physically have to do a haircut live and the 14-step shave live twice. You know, so, like, no other states do that. You know, they ain't, I don't, I don't even, a lot of states are removing that part of the, the test. Like, you still might have to take, um, Sean, we lost you. Uh, all right. You still might have to do that part of the test, but a lot of states are removing that. So, I had to do that thing twice. So I, I I go work in a barbershop. I just those the guys I was working with was awesome guys and and what was cool about them they one of them was a pastor and one of them was like a I want to say a deacon 
in the church. So that was cool too. Like going to coming from working in Alaska and then going to work with two more guys that are mentors, mm. you know, like two more guys that could be a very inspiration in your life. So, um, I was like, all right, this is a blessing in disguise. Like I'm working with these guys and, um, me being like the younger one of them, but you know, I had a decent mind on my decent head on my shoulders. I wasn't no crazy kid at that time. So they brought me in quick. They open arms. I was killing them. Down. I was making a name for myself so quick, but it was it just wasn't what I wanted. I felt like I was living in Alaska, but living in North Carolina. And I was mm-hmm. like, man, for this, I should have stayed in Alaska. I started really second guessing. Did I make the right decision? I should have just stayed in Alaska and like tried to build like a little empire there. Yeah. You know, I was second guessing myself and I was like, dang, I had it sweet there. Like if I would have stayed in Alaska, man, me and Sean probably could have did something spectacular because it was it still wasn't untapped. Even though you even exactly. And it's still I mean, I know it's a little bit bigger now, but it's still untapped. You know, like when you look at how the business is, if you look at Alaska compared to where I'm at now, it's untapped, man. It's oh, my God. It's like that. Oh, my God. It's crazy. I can't even explain how how much better it is to work. In a place and I always tell people it's better to work in untapped locations as far as barbering. You can make more money than bigger cities. And people look at me like I'm crazy. I was like, dude, I done it. But I was like, dude, what y'all making here in like a week? I was like, dude, you could do that two days in Alaska. You know, like and people don't they be looking at me like I'm crazy. And I was like, dude, why you think all those Puerto Ricans will go over there for two months and don't leave? Because they ain't never made no money like that. <laughs> I said these dudes can go over there and make two two three thousand dollars in a week if they really willing to grind they ain't making that in puerto rico they might make that in a month they can make that in a week over there and i was like untapped locations for barbering is better because you can you demand you can demand your price yeah on a certain thing it ain't no more like you have to compete with this guy it's like no i got this do you want it or not and you can pick and choose with it like that because it's only one hundred fifty thousand people living in the community but it's you can get 20,000 of them. You know, that's a lot. You know, it, people don't look at it like that. But now that I'm as I'm getting older and I'm seeing it, I'm starting to see that side of the fence. And it's like, wow, you know, there's 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 levels to this stuff. It is. It is. So you go you go to uh, you go to North Carolina. You say that you're you're feeling uncomfortable. Uh, what happened? Because eventually I know you do get down to Florida where you're at, what you're at. Well, I just I, re- I really I it, it was for the thing like me making the wrong choice, man, I started really believing like that I deserve more, but, and but my more came with the price of me willing to work harder, you know, cause that, and then that's when the barber game really started changing. You started seeing like the Pacino's brand and you started yeah. seeing that stuff. And I was like, dad, these dudes are doing it big, like on a different level than what I've seen. And and then I've never seen people like, I think that's when I first time I seen Mark Barber, I ain't never seen nobody cut that good. And I was like, yeah. Whoa, how, like, how is he cutting that good? Like, what is he? I got the same clippers. I went in, <laughs> I went in like, I went and bought the same ones. And I was like, I got the same guards. I'm like, what is going on? So I like, no man, there's no way. No, and so I would call Andy's like, yo, I bought the same clippers as him, but it ain't the same. Like, <laughs> you gotta call the manufacturer. <laughs> yes, so sir. Like, it it ain't the same. So um, I seen that he put on his um his Instagram. This is like Instagram kind of first started like hiring remix barbershop. So I was like, what? And I was like, yo, this is my opportunity. It came across my screen. I'm supposed to reach out to him. 
So I, I instantly um, sent him a message. Um, no, I called because I don't think you can send DMs or nothing at that time. Mm, I called the I googled I googled the shop. I called and I was like, "Listen, man, I, I seen that you posted on Instagram that you're looking for a barber." Um, I said, "I would love to have an opportunity to get an interview," and he was like, "All right, um, email me a few pictures of like your work." And normally, what we do is we have everybody come do a demo haircut, and then you know if you if you fit, he said. You fit, you know, and he said, it's not about um, do you cut good? He said, if you want to learn, we'll know. And he said, I'm willing to teach. And I was like, all right, cool. I said, but I'm in North Carolina. <laughs> like that's so and he was like, what do you mean you're in North Carolina? And I was like, I'm in North Carolina. Like I, I would come down there and he's like, so he. It, this is like, I don't think Barbers was moving states yet. This was like LeBron James, you know, <laughs> minus the talent, <laughs> you know, like this was, I didn't have LeBron James talent. I had the heart and the mind, but not the talent. So it was like, he was like, so what are you, what are you telling me? And I said, well, if you give me the opportunity, I'm, I'll move down there. And he said, okay, that's, that's weird. He said, I, he said, you would move down here to work at a barbershop. And I said, of course. I said, ain't that about, ain't that how you grow? And, you know, and he was like, well, let me talk to my mentor. So he reaches out to his mentor. I mean, he said, I'll call you back in a day or so. He never called back. It was like three, four days. And I was like, dang. Dude ain't call. So I was like, you know what? You got to call him. This is just like a regular interview. You know, like you got to call him. So I called and I was like, listen, um, I'm the guy. And he was like, oh, yeah, yeah. He said, listen, bro, my mentor told me don't hire you because um, he said it's a big responsibility. You know, he's like, because what if you don't work? He said, you know, you're kind of responsible for that guy. If he moves all the way down here and it doesn't work, you're kind of responsible. So I just don't think it's a good move. And he said, but he was like, but talking to you on the phone, he said, I don't hear failure as an option with you, you know? And I was like, Nope, not at all. So he was like, when could you start? If I was to give you the job, I said, I'll be there next week. Mm. And he said, you're going to leave North Carolina and come here next week. I said, sure. will." next week I was, I lied. I was there in two days. I actually, I, I got there in two days. <laughs> like, like I was like, no, nah. I said, I'm pa- I packed up all my stuff. I drove down there. I told my wife and I was like, listen, as soon as I make enough money, We'll get an apartment, you know what I'm saying, and we'll, we'll, I'll bring y'all down. So I called my father. My my father was a blessing for that. Like I called him and I explained what I wanted to do. He was like, "Well, how much does it cost for an apartment?" And I said, "I don't know. First, last security, you know." So and he was like, "All right, go find out what it costs, where you want to live." So I, I found out I needed like fifty six hundred dollars. To like be able to move in and furniture, like well, fifty six just to move in. So my dad was like, "All right, I'm gonna give you twelve thousand dollars." You know, exactly. So he gave me that. I paid the first last security, and that was enough to get furniture and like furnish the whole house, and you know, and and then pay the bills up for a few months. Because he's like, you know what, you might as well pay up the bills, and and so he said, "I'm not gonna let you go down there without your family. You you're gonna take them within a week of you getting there." You know, and he's so I was like, that is blessing in disguise and i was like dad you know what cool so my first week at the barbershop was december 15th that first week i worked that first week i worked from monday to sunday i made eighteen hundred dollars my first week there no clients nothing just walk-ins just walk-ins um eighteen hundred dollars and i was just like i was blown away and this this was eighteen hundred dollars from slavery though because haircuts was like 15 and 20 Mm. (laughs) 
So <laughs> yes, sir. So I but before c- that, before that, I think you got to put the pretense on it. So the shop that he's going to, like these dudes know how to cut. Oh now, yeah. Now Junior, Junior is my man's, but he he wasn't on this level. No, he wasn't, not it at was all. Like, it wasn't even close. Was, yeah. So tell him about even, that. The, the so first I day got, you get in the shop. Our first day I get there in the shop, like they set me up too. They was like, first walk in, walked in. Everybody said, you want them? <laughs> like, they wanted to see what I had. Man, I'm happy it was an all-even. You know, like, I, I, I laced the, the all-even. And as um, soon as, like, I got one of those, like, so it was, oh, yeah, he could cut. You know, everybody was hype. Then they gave me one of them little low fades. And I was like, man. Like, I didn't realize how difficult cutting, like, hair that looks like mine you know dominican like spanish looking hair was with the fade like um i knew people used to struggle cutting my hair because of how difficult it was but i ain't never really had to cut a dude that had the same hair as me you know i've really never had a client that had that so when i got a man oh my god like i'm cutting for two hours dog like just cutting (laughs) it ain't looking right line but mark was the type of barber I, and I love him for that because I don't think that there's enough barbers like this in, in the industry, um, especially business owners. Mark walked over there on what you struggling with, you know, because it was his guy. It, was, it wasn't no thing like you go over like I've been in shops before. If you go over there, talk to another barber about something that's bad. They look at you like you trying to size them up yeah. or whatever, like you think you better than them. And then when I got there, they wasn't like that. Everybody there was like, nah, bro, we in this together. You mess up, we mess up. That was the mentality of everybody. Mm-hmm. We, we, you're only as good as your your weakest your weakest one. You know, like we can't have one haircut go bad in all ten because they're not gonna say they did forty five good phase. They're gonna say they did one bad one. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like they, people only remember failures. They don't remember nothing that you did great. So mm-hmm. he came over there and he showed me like a few different things, and then he was like, "This, this, this." You know, you, when you're doing this, do this. And then, I mean, the fade, he didn't, like, do it for me, made me do it. It wasn't, like, one of his fades, but it was a passable fade. And I was like, God, I wasn't embarrassed. The dude the dude that I got the haircut with, um, he came back and got another haircut with me the next following week. So it wasn't like he was upset either that Mark helped. It was like, he, I guess he knew. You know, I guess he liked me as the person, like, because I was talking to him and I wasn't like nervous. It was just, and then from that day forward, um, what happened was the whole barbershop actually liked me as a person. All of them would call me. Hey, when if I wasn't cutting hair, Junior, come over here, watch. You know what I'm saying? I, I want you to learn this. You know what I'm saying? Like, so it was, I, I, I blew up quick. So I, all I remember is about three months in working at the shop, Mark pulled me to the side. And he said, Junior, I've never had no employee ever in my life blow up as fast as you did far as like your clientele, uh, get good as you as quick. I went from, I'm telling you, not good at all to like three, four months. I was cutting Mark's hair. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, and it was it was a lot of YouTube. It was a lot of standing at people's chairs when I wasn't cutting, learning and quick and it was just uh, and then when i look at it i was like that but i wanted it that's why it happened it it happened because i wanted it and i had the people that was willing to support me to get it it wasn't it wasn't no saltiness and there was not one person i couldn't walk up to 
and ask, yo, um, I'm struggling with, you know, doing this. Can what are you doing? Yeah, they was all it was like a family. And I was like, dang, man, I wish this culture like here would like rub off on other barbershops throughout the, right. the world because it, it, it doesn't, man. It's it's crazy, especially like when you see stuff that's going on in the barber industry right now, like the, those the versus battles. Like I'm not a fan of them, man, because really? they're biased. Uh-huh. They're I I feel like I feel like they're not fair. Like you you're you're asking a barber to come to Philadelphia and like these guys ain't getting paid, so I'm not about to fly models out to make sure I can give. Like, these dudes are giving these dudes rinky dink models, and then one dude will get a great model, and it's like, bro, that ain't fair. Yeah. How is that fair? And like, if y'all really want to cut, both y'all should be doing the same haircut. It shouldn't be different haircuts. Yeah. It, it should be a fade battle who does just the nicest fade. It shouldn't be who does the best haircut. Because if a guy does like a slight design and this does, guy does a clean fade. A person that doesn't know nothing about haircuts is going to probably still gravitate to the person that did the design. That's right. You know, and it's like that don't mean he's a better barber. It just means he might be a better artist or something like that. So yeah. I don't like them because it's like promoting. It's not really promoting what they're trying to get from is promoting bad energy. People are upset with the results yeah. and they're, you know, and it's like it's the same energy, though, at the barber battles, though. You know what I'm saying? It is. Like I, it I, I is. feel like it's, 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 it was the Barber Battles 2.0. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Just the COVID-19 version of them. Mm -hmm. uh, you're you're exactly right, man. There's a lot of favoritisms that go into it. Mm -hmm. It's not always the best guy. Um, it's almost like some of them feel like they almost rigged, bro. Like they just circulate 100%. the money right back yeah, into into the same camp. So, I feel yeah. the same way, you know. And it's oh, and it's totally it sucks too when it sucks because a lot of these dudes I know. Um, yeah. And when you see it, it's like, oh, man, I robbed that man. Like, you know, but I'm not going to get up there and say how I feel about something. You know, I don't got 50, 60,000 followers like some of these other guys got. Ain't nobody going to listen to me. But people know I ain't lying. Yeah, you know, like yeah, when you see okay. that stuff. So it's like, I ain't. No, nah, I'm, I'm just staying in my place. You know, don't ask me to battle. I ain't doing it because it don't you don't get nothing from it. You yeah. know, it don't teach. We should be teaching seminars on credit you know we should be teaching mm -hmm. seminars on open up uh, llc you know like that's why we ain't getting paid what we're supposed to get because we still we're not rappers stop treating like we are <laughs> you know like we're not mm -hmm. <laughs> you know we ain't no rappers we're entrepreneur business guys that and that's how we should be teaching yeah, but that's the thing to me is that I don't believe, you know, and that's my whole thing. So, you know, we could talk about this all day. It's just the elevation of the game and what that looks like. And, you know, if you talk about barbers from the 80s to barbers now, like what's the big difference? And if you look at any other profession, like you, you will want there to be some metric other than, you know, I think these are the most skilled barbers, but that's also because of the advancement of technology, the advancement of the equipment, the advancement of ed education and just information as a, as a whole, right? It's easier to get better in a shorter amount of time because mm -hmm. you literally can have 50 different barber instructors on, on your phone at, at any point yeah. in time. So I, that's a given, like, but let's look at the bottom line as far as like, you know, like who's really making money? Who's really buying property? Who's really, yeah. it's like Rick Walsh. I don't know if you've seen Rick Walsh. He got, a, uh, he got this little clip. And he talk about when I'm talking about who the biggest boss, I'm not talking about music. He yeah, said, I'm not talking about, talking about, about music, about life. I'm talking about who really winning, who created the most millionaires yeah. in this certain period of time. Yeah. And like when he said, that, like it made me think of our, of, of our industry. You know what I mean? Like Mark has been one of those guys that I could say like, man, that dude, he duplicated himself and a lot of people and still relevant and still doing the same thing. Mm -hmm. But for the most part, man, 
few and far between, man. Like people no, are not true, really true. mentoring people. And if they are mentoring people, they're mentoring. Instead of us coming up in this game and knowing what was wrong and where we fell short, we just perpetuate that same cycle to the next generation and don't yeah. even say like, I think it's worse this. now, though. I, yeah. I think I, I think what we're doing now is worse. Like, like, like what you said, we're more skilled now. We got more advancements, but I still think a barber from the seventies was better business minded than a barber yeah. is today. Mm. You know, like they ran a business as a they treated the barbershops as a business. That's why we still. That's why we're still so celebrated today because we're still living off what people did in the seventies. Somebody else clap. Yeah, yeah, we're living off of theirs, but we ain't created no change in our in ourself. You know, we're just glorified like people people like I mean, don't get it wrong, haircut is major what mm -hmm. it does to somebody. It's major. It's not people just think it's a haircut. It's major. Uh but we just cut hair at the end of the day like we do cut hair but we can turn that that simple haircut into something super serious because i could give somebody a really good haircut and he could walk outside and somebody perceives him different but he That's still right, could be man. the same dirt bag That's right. but the, <laughs> you, you know, you know that what is saying? true yes, it's, it's yes, true sir. but he can still be the same dirt bag and then um a guy that doesn't have a haircut, he looks like he looks less of a guy that has the haircut, but he could be the real winner. He just ain't had time to get the haircut because he's busy, mm -hmm. you know. And that's our society that it's that cycle of judge that judgmental stuff. We still judge people based off appearance. Don't get it wrong; like there's a lot of people that get haircuts, and you know, like usually, usually a haircut does mean somebody is neatly groomed, but it's not always the case, you know. So it's. It's bad, man. Like, I, I don't like where we're going in the next um, 10 years, 20 years. And it goes even to like, I don't even like where the barber industry is going because I think everybody, I think business owners around the world are going to struggle to find barbers. Wow. Like, what you mean by that? I think with how like social media and all of this, you're, you're just going to have people trying to do it on their own, like studio salon suites and That's like real. more stuff like that and not come into barbershops because it's like, well, I'm going to go pay this dude, you know, two, three hundred dollars a week rent when I can do this, this and just because a lot of people what I've learned, like me being a business owner, not a barbershop. A lot of people don't want what they say they want. Ooh, talk about it, Junior. Mm. Talk about it. They don't. They they think they want that, but they don't really want what they say they want. Because once they realize that it requires a lot of like, you can't be watching Netflix. You can't be at mm. the club to get that. They don't want it because they're not willing to make that small sacrifice to get it. Like like the um like I started investing stocks and stuff these last like year and a half and. I've learned so much in such a short time. And it's like, dang, but, but when I look at where I'm learning in that, I'm learning in those hours at like seven, seven at night to like 9 PM at night. I ain't learning that stuff at during the regular day. I'm learning after all the other stuff's been done. So it's like, I'm taking time out of like, I guess my personal life to, to learn a new skill. And that's what people, when, when you got to, when you tell people that like, Hey, you know, you got to stay up a little bit later to, to get that little thing that you want. What? You mean to tell me I can't get it with, while I'm doing this one? No, don't work like that. You know, like Amazon wasn't created like during the day it was created at nighttime when everybody else was asleep. He still was working. 
you know, and, and that's how these companies, those guys that create these major companies, I learned this from this book called Resonate. Um, the, the people in the world that are winners are the people that know how to override procrastination. Mm. Period. Mm-hmm. Procrastination is a disease. It's not that um, it's not that you're, you're not good at something. We procrastinate everything. Like everything we procrastinate. And there's usually a trigger. Like just imagine, say you're in college. There's people that write, like say you got a paper due. And, and you had four weeks to do the paper, but you're doing it on Thursday and it's due Friday. There is, I, I was arguing with somebody like a week ago. They told me, but I put out my best work when I'm my back against the wall. No, you don't. Yeah, you don't. There's mm-hmm. no physical way you do. There's, It's no physical way. You put out your best work if you did it within that two-week period, and then you can keep looking at it because now you can revise your own stuff without yeah. having other revisions because you're going to change your mind on a day-to-day because you, you might experience something that's different. You know, and it's procrastination and everybody knows that. Like everybody knows that they procrastinate. Everybody has it. And how do you beat it? If I knew how to beat a procrastination, I wouldn't be cutting hair. You know, I'd be selling procrastination stories, how to beat it, you know, because that is a big disease. That is like that's a it's a virus, but it starts off with your um, I do think it is. um not genetics, but I do think it's learned from how you were raised. Yeah, I do. I do too. yeah, yeah. You, you yeah. know, I do. I do think that you was like you're taught procrastination. You're not like it's not one of those things that you just you just do. I think we're taught it. You know how we're taught in school, how they give you assignments, how they uh, give you time to do stuff. That all creates procrastination because now you you realize you got time. You know, and it's like that you're we're creating it, and it's like. Okay, but why would the school system want to teach you procrastination? They can't have a million winners. You know, that's why. You can't. This is true. (laughs) You can't. You know, that's why they teach it that way. Because if everybody was a winner, whoo, it'd be, yeah. Like, the information is there to be successful now, but... That that goes that goes back to being success ain't for everybody. It ain't, man. You gotta want it, you know, or you gotta get around people that push you to to get it, you know. So I want to see how and how and how important is that? You say like, uh, you know, getting around people that are gonna push you. You know, do you feel like that's been a a part, a major part of of what you're in a position? Man, that that right there. I'm gonna be so definitely people, but really. Like where where I can say I'm gaining a lot more from this guy. There you go. Mm. <laughs> I don't need nobody else, you know, because he's gonna leave, like at the end of the day, you're supposed to be doing what he tell you to do anyway. Sometimes we want to go do stuff that we want to do, but that ain't what he wants you to do. That's why I don't go through right. Yeah. You know, like you have everybody has a purpose, and I feel like just seeking God more and just becoming more spiritual. The um that has it's led me to the right people that's gonna put me in those positions to do the right things you know like my circle changed like oh my god i'm telling you i i I talk to people that i probably would have never talked to ever in my life you know because it's like i can talk to them on certain levels but we still might not got nothing in common you know like when it comes Mm -hmm. to like they ain't gonna watch basketball with me or like stuff like that but yeah there's certain things that i can get from them that i can't get from other people you know so that is what it is but mentors are very important you need people i don't think just a mentor you need somebody that's great in the area you're trying to excel at 
That's right. Yeah. If somebody's like a great uh, a great husband, use him as how to be a better husband. Yeah. You because he might not be great at financial, so don't use him as that. That's right. Use him as what he's great at. Don't put him in a position to give you advice or something he's not great at because he's not gonna be able to give you the best advice. So I think it's 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 a thing, man. You gotta have people. You gotta like have multiple people around you that can mm-hmm. uplift you. You know, like it's important. Very. I totally agree. I totally agree. And Jason, you was that you wanted to add something to that, man? I was like, um, you know, the thing that he was going in on about um when people have those learned behaviors. It's a, it's a saying that they always say, um, you know, work smarter, not harder, but it's no way get in getting around working harder. It's no way. It's no way. So, um, I tell people this all the time. Like I used to deal with my brother and he would always say, why are you always doing stuff the hard way? Because I say when I, once I do it the hard way, then it becomes easy to me. Mm. then I can actually actually teach somebody else without them going through that that trial and error becoming a mentor so just like just like junior said one of the things that we do we find people that we are missing that piece of that puzzle because we in, in individual life we just like a puzzle so mm-hmm. you don't have good, the good relationship you find that guy with the good relationship like when I found Sean I was always asking I was always asking myself those business questions. What do I need to know that I'm missing? Because I've been in business long enough, but it was always a missing piece. It was always something that somebody wouldn't tell me because they didn't want me to excel to that next point. And let me say I, something real quick with that, Jason. You could you could finish right after that. And also, I was always looking for people that would be receptive to business advice. So what you are seeking is seeking you. It's crazy, bro. Like mm-hmm. the exact same thing that you're seeking in your life is somebody else out there that's seeking for a mentee that's going to listen. That's going Because many times, like as a person that's been a mentor, a lot of times you're around a lot of knuckleheads. Mm-hmm. They ain't trying to hear mm-hmm. nothing that you're trying to say. So it'll be the same advice. But if it's given to the wrong audience, it's not even worth it. The value is not even there. So I just wanted mm-hmm. to say that while you're on there so we didn't skip that part. Because it's so valuable because sometimes people think this mentor mentee thing is one way. No, it's not. Mm-hmm. A mentor ain't no, even a mentor without a yeah, without a mentee, without somebody yeah. to actually yeah, keep the legacy going on. You just a dude that just know a bunch of stuff. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, and, and just like me, I had 13 years of you know doing this. I was in the military as well. And then when I was doing all of this stuff, and I and I figure I figure myself to be disciplined, doing stuff the right way. Cause you know, I tell y'all that I had, I had anger issues. My thing was when I went into the military, they was, Hey, you need to chill out. You, you going against the drill sergeant. You finna get us beat. And I was like, mm, I didn't care because you know, I was raised up around it. So when you talk about that behavior, that that's that learned behavior. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we're taught to compete instead of to compromise. And that's what, yeah. That's what's that's a major key of destruction right now is so many people are trying to be in like a sports era. Like we look at fancy cars, these that this, that and the third. But if you really pay attention to what the, the, the economic shift is, cryptocurrency, stocks, everything is going electronic. You see the evolution and you see it going that way, but you're too busy watching foolishness 
Like mm-hmm. that, that, that cutoff season is real because I had to like, man, when I tell you half of the people that I used to hang with, I don't hang with anymore because their mindsets were garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Their mindsets were garbage. And, 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 and for me being like a coach and having to go into it, the first hour of me dealing with people when I, when it comes to anything from drop shipping, from website building, it's always getting them into the mindset of, Hey, you can do this. You can do it. Yeah. You can do this. You you're just looking for a way out, a way not to do it. That procrastination, that you got to get into that that subconscious mm-hmm. mind, not mm-hmm. you know your front brain, because that's what I tell people. Your your first initial thought is going to be you can't. Yeah. But if you can get your you can get your mental status to get into the back of your mind to where you always thinking about how to progress. Like the one thing that you said, Junior, was so key to listen when I heard you say it, you you said you wanted to strive to be better. So you it's a book we're reading right now. I swear, I swear, this book right here. This Laws book right leadership. here. Yes, this book right here. I think I want I thank Shan for bringing this book up because it, it made me think about leadership in a different way. Because when it said something about the you, you'll go into your lid. You're literally capping yourself off. So oh, I got a nice house. I got a nice car. I'm, I can chill right here. No, I need a mansion. Yeah. I need a, I need an airplane, a jet. So w- the reason why I need these things is to bring more people out of this this fog that we're in because mentally we're in like a state of murky thought. And then, and then, and then to just to get up, we tell people. Your mindset is going to get you set. Yeah. Period. That's how it goes. It's like whatever you think you're going to you're going to go take yourself into. So like man, it's just it's uh, I love doing the podcast. I love engaging with people. I said this is the biggest part right here. We're in, engaging with people. People get to see a different view cuz I'm a country boy. I grew up on a farm, but my daddy from when I was little, he had computers in my face mm. telling me this, telling me that. I, I had the first Apple computer, the one that looked like a bubble with the pink color. I took it apart, rebuilt it, took it apart, rebuilt it again until I understand the inner workings of a computer. So now when I look at stuff and I see something go go wrong, I already know how to fix it. That's right. That's right. So yeah, so uh, so Castlebox, so he, like Jason was just talking about his father. So I think there's a good segue here. Um, you end up buying that shop that you were at. You end up becoming yeah. the. You went from one of the guys working there, uh, the least talented barber at first initially, to being a, one of the most popping barbers, to having a a a a, a, a chance or opportunity to actually own in the shop. Um, and your dad played a big part of that. Uh, can you kind of tell yeah. us that story and how that all so, played out? Um. We was just regularly cutting one day. Um, Mark was like, I'll sell this shop. And he was like, I'll sell it for 50K. And I was <laughs> like, what? And I was like, 50K? Bro, this joint is pumping. Like, you got nine barbers in here, and everybody's making like 1,500 bucks a week. Like, you sell that for 50K? You crazy. You know, like, and I was like, hmm. So I, I waited. I said, I ain't going to say nothing. I ain't going to be like letting these dudes know what's on my mind. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I'm going to be quiet. As <laughs> soon as we got off work, 
he got that little text message. Hey, you serious? <laughs> like, you serious about selling the shop? 50K? And he's like, Junior, you ain't serious about buying a shop. You, you told me you never, you didn't want to own a shop. I said, I didn't. But I ain't say I wouldn't buy one that's already established. Like, you that's crazy? Mm-hmm. Like, you, no, that's different. I ain't got to do nothing. I said, no, I, yeah, I want it. And he was like, all right, let me think about it. And then he he, kept, he, called, he came back and was like, Junior, he said, I've been thinking. I've just been like, he said, if I'll sell it, but you got to give me 80. And I said, 80? And I said, all right. I said, right, give me, I said, let me call my dad. <laughs> so um, this was like three years of me working at the shop, too. So this is like a three year one. I'm only at the shop three years. Mm-hmm. Called my dad. I was like, Dad, listen, you told me to start looking for a house because you was going to like, you know, pay whatever we had to pay to get in the house. You know, um, and I was like, I think this is better than buying a house. I said, this is a business opportunity. I said, I buy my own house, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and he was like, yeah, but that just doesn't make sense. Nobody's going to sell you something that's booming like you say it is. That's That was my dad's energy. And I was like, no, nah, I work there, dad. Like, it's pretty booming. <laughs> and I was like, I don't... And I said, I don't know if he's lying on the tax documents or whatever. I don't know what's going on. You know, I said, but that shop's making money. And um, so my dad said, well, I'll be there in um, two weeks. We'll look at it. So my dad comes. He looks at it. He said, wow, this is a nice shop. You know, like never really been in a barbershop that looked like this. And he was like, you sure he said that? And I was like, yeah. So my dad was like, well, how much do you need? And I said, well, I need about 55 and he was like you need 55,000 I was like yeah and I said because I already got 25 myself and he said where'd you get 25,000 dollars from that was his he was like, you just got here you know like you, you've been here three years you needed money for me to get here <laughs> like you know that was yeah. and I was like I mean I said I told you we pumping here like I was able to save that you know like and he was like you saved 25,000 dollars by yourself and I was like yeah <laughs> And he was like, wow, that's pretty good. I'm impressed. So um, he said, all right, give me a day. So he went to the bank. He went and got me $55,000 at the bank, <laughs> like like that. Um, he said, I'm going to deposit it in your account. And he said, go get the shop. So uh, he gave me the 55. I went to the, um, I told Mark, like a week after we discussed, I said, all right, I got the money. He was like, what? You got the money. He, was, he didn't believe me. I said, Mark, I got the money, dog. Are we doing this or not? <laughs> and he was like, yeah. He said, let's do it. And I was like, all right. So um, I said, how do you want to get paid? And he was like, can you get me? He said, can you give me 30 in cash and then the rest in like a check? And I was like, I think so. So I went to the bank um, and I was like, hey, listen, I need $30,000 cash. They looking at me crazy. <laughs> like, and I didn't know how it worked. Like I ain't never took that much money out of a bank. And they was yeah, looking bro. at me. You can't get $30,000 in cash. Where'd you get $30,000? They was like, and I was like, I have it in my banking account. Yeah. They looking at me like I'm got no $30,000. They opened up my account. I had eight, I had 80 in there. Like, and I was like, I, I told y'all I had it. Like, um, so next thing you know, they was like, well, we can't give you $30,000 in cash. You got to order that. You know, we wouldn't have no more money to give nobody else. And I'm like, I start throwing a fit. Cause I didn't know it worked like that. I was like, man, y'all going to give me my money. Like that don't make no sense. You know, like, what do you mean I only can take out $5,000 today? Like, y'all have my money. It's right here. You know, and they was like, no, we can't. So they ordered it. I had to come back in like three days. They had me in like a back room 
they counted thirty thousand dollars in front of me about forty times. Like ten different people had to come count it. Wow. That's how I was like, y'all, this is crazy. Like I was like, are y'all serious? So they kept counting it, took the money. They was like, do you need an escort? And I was like, no. Like nobody knows I'm coming to get this money. Like y'all the only ones that know. I said if I get God, it's because of y'all. Like <laughs> that's how they counted the money about thirty times with y'all. Like no, you know. And uh, so I, I get the money. I go to the shop. Um, and this is how this is how um, Mark was new to this stuff too. Like this, I did all the legwork. Mm-hmm. I wrote Mark's contract of me buying it. <laughs> like you know, wow. like. I wrote the contract, hey, Mark the Barber to, you know, like I wrote it for him and he just had to sign it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Because I didn't know either, but he didn't know either. Like, this is, this is like, like, and that's what's so dope. Like me and Mark right now to this day still have like one of the most amazing relationships. He still calls me right now to this day, credit questions, uh, finance questions, like stuff like, like stuff like that. Because he never learned it. And he yeah. knows I have some sense and he knows I'm not going to ever steer him in the wrong way. Or if I don't know, he knows I would go get the right answer from somebody or and I would be able to break it down in a way he can understand it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So he right now to this day, we still have that relationship. So, you know, um, I do all the stuff. I, I give him the cash. And then basically. He worked there for like another two years like after mm. after I bought the shop, it wasn't like he took the money. He was gone. You know, he worked there and then um, he, he he finally found his spot, you know, what he wanted to do um, and blessings to him. You know, now he's a, he's doing what he envisioned in the first place. Like he, he wants to have a lot of barbershops. I think that's cool. But I don't, I, I talk to him all the time. I, I told him that he needs to slow down because stuff's changing, mm-hmm. you know, like do smaller. Like you can go, yeah. go with the shops, but don't try to keep doing these 20 man ch- shops like especially if you have to have 20 people to pay the bill that's right you know that's that's yeah, my that's right. thing like do that's the shops right. but don't put yourself in a situation where, yeah where you have to have and you know and uh, me and him talk a little bit you know that's kind of what he did in his very first shop like yeah. he has to have a certain amount of barbers in there to pay that bill because it's so expensive yeah you know and it's like it's a learning curve he learned from that you know and and I learned from it too. Now, just like his experience, now I know if I was to ever go open up another shop, because I've never opened a shop, I bought one. So I still, there's a lot of things I don't know on that side because I didn't have to do it. You know, like I just took one that was established. I didn't even have to have inspectors or nobody come in. It was just a transfer of ownership, basically. They are, mm-hmm. the, the shop was already in the system. I didn't have to do none of that. No state board inspector came in, none of that. Like it was like, all right, just transfer ownership, blah, blah, that. And it was done. You know, and it was that simple. And I was like, all right, this is simple. And then I think I've owned the shop now like six, seven years. Mm. Like since I bought it. Yeah, six, seven years. Like I think I've I've owned the shop. I'm gonna be honest, I hate it. (laughs) Like I hate (laughs) I hate being a um a barbershop owner because yeah. You're like a babysitter, man. Like yeah, yeah we, we deal we deal with a different type, man. <laughs> you know, like you're a babysitter, at, but I do like the experience that I've gained from learning from it. Cause now what I'm gonna do in my next venture is like, nah, I know what to do now, and I know how to do it, and I know what works and what doesn't work. So just because of some things I didn't like happening, and it was when you buy a, a person's business, 
it's hard to change a lot of things to your yeah. philosophies. Yeah, we've talked very about hard, that. very mm -hmm. hard. You'll lose, you'll lose everybody that goes there if you like change. And it's like, uh, it's you're kind of like, kind of like grandfathered into the rules, yeah. you know, and that's what sucks. So if I was to ever do it again, I probably wouldn't buy a barbershop that somebody else ran. Cause you can't really change nothing. Like it's never, it's yours, but it ain't yours. Yeah. You know, yeah. or you or you're going to lose all the employees and then we'll have to start from the ground zero. And if you don't have like crazy capital and money just sitting around, sometimes you can't afford to do that. That's true. You know, like so I would never do that again. I'm like I would never buy another business. That's you know, true. like only business I would buy barbershop related is a school. You know, like mm -hmm. if there was a school available, I would buy a school because you could change the rules for a school. Yeah. You know, like, hey, you don't have to go here. Go to the one around the corner. You know, like, and like I always told you, whenever you're ready to make that move, let's I do know. it, man. Because he he will be a, he will be an awesome uh, instructor and just school owner, man. Like like definitely, that's already in your wheelhouse. So maybe as you get a little older and you start to fizzle out, I'm thinking about it. I'm think, I think about it all the time, man. Because yeah. I was like, man, that's like because I like I love teaching. You love teaching, always have. I love teaching, and I love um, I love like it's, it goes to back what you were saying a while ago, like. I don't consider myself a mentor, but I do consider myself like a person willing to help somebody. Like I, you can call me a little coach, mm -hmm. you know, because uh, I, I just want I don't want people to make the mistakes I made. I'm willing to give you the game where you don't have to make that mistake. Some people are still idiots. They want to make that mistake, sure. you know, but I don't want you to make that mistake. I'll tell you, like, listen, don't do it that way, bro. That that road is not the right way. And I can see myself doing that. You know, like I love doing that. I want to help people grow. That's dope. So, so what are you currently working on? We kind of about to wrap up the interview, but uh, what what are you working on? What's your passion pro? What's your passion project now? Um, I know right you got now, the shop, like, well, you got I'm the doing family. What I got the shop family. Um, and then I'm doing. So this last last eight months, I've been doing. Um, I've been shooting a basketball documentary mm. for um this Calvary Christian Academy in Fort Lauderdale. They were ranked in the nation. Really good team, like big time team. Um, we won a state championship this year, and basically, what we're trying to do, we're trying to put it on Netflix. Oh, like, wow. we already got, yeah, it's big like that. Like, so, um, it's like an eight month project. Like, I've been, sh I was shooting for the last eight months, traveling all over the U.S. with them, high school, flying around the country with a high school team. That's like mind boggling, you know, wow. you're going with a high school team. So and what really gravitated with me the, with the team is you have to be Christian based to play on this team. Hmm. OK, you can't play on this team if you, you know, you don't believe in God. Like like you have to go to church. You have to be active in the church. And that was amazing to me because it's like you got dudes top it's dudes on this team. Nice. Top, top yeah. 30 in the nation. And, you know, and they they believe in God. Like, you know, and it's like, That's wow. Awesome. I want to be part of something like that. Mm -hmm. You know, that is, I've never seen sports that required that, That's you know, right. use even, even Christian schools. Nah, that we just want the best players, you That's know, right. like this school ain't like this one's not like that. And the coach Christian faith, like super, super. And I, I consider him like a mentor in my life, you know, like, cause mm -hmm. of just his strong presence with the Lord. And then just how he um, handles the, these young athletes that do, two or three of these dudes might go to the NBA. Like that's wow. how good they are. Like they're that good on this team. Like, and so it's, it's mind boggling and I'm with them and I get to follow their journey and then still doing what I get love doing. I'm getting to do what I want to do. Like on the, the flip side, I want to be a documentary filmmaker. I want to tell those stories and hmm. just being in the right position to even do it. I was on the phone with um, 
I got I've already had some interviews with some like big time people that told me how I need to shoot it, what I needed to do and what I needed to capture. So it's either we're going Netflix or we're going um LeBron James. Like we're going to his um media company. Wow. You know, like yeah, so I've already spoke with those people on both sides. So um I don't care where it goes. You know, I've I I don't care. You know, like and Yes, I'm just happy that I was able to do something this long, like um, like really two three man band, you know, and like with some of these other projects you're talking, they, they got 60 people helping them, and we was yeah. able to do all of this with three people. Wow, you know, like don't mm. get it wrong, like it's it was very difficult, but in this with me having to do so much stuff, I learned a thousand years worth of knowledge that fast. That's right, you know, like you mess up a few things, it's like all right, you won't ever do that again. You yeah. know, so that's that's where I'm at, and then I'm about to do something big in the barber industry. I can't talk about it yet. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. it's it's yeah, yeah. it's about sure. to happen. Well, we'll have you back on once that uh, yeah, once definitely. that go down. That's dope. Yeah, man, it's so funny you say that about the documentary thing. My other one of my other best friends, uh, his name is Sidney Walker. We'll probably have him on uh, soon. But he did. I don't know if you saw. You remember who DJ Screw is? He didn't just do that. He did that documentary. So y'all boys is killing it, man. I'm super proud of y'all, man. Like what? he just, he did, he, he was a big part of that, uh, that mini document. It was on BET and everything. Yeah. Man. That like, DJ screw got a movie coming out too. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. He's, he's, he's a part of all of that. So, uh, yeah, so I've like, yeah, that. man. So I, I've already seen it happen. So when you say it, man, it ain't, it ain't beyond the realm of what you can do. Nice. Man. You just like, gotta keep it goes back to what we said. You gotta want it. You know, yeah. if you don't, it goes back that procrastination and what are you going to do to go get it? And, like I said, losing some sleep, losing a lot of sleep re require. When you lose sleep, you're gonna be successful. Period. Point blank. <laughs> there, mm -hmm. you go. there you go. That's a great way to end it out, man. I appreciate you, Junior. You killed it. I was telling, I was, I was telling Jason. I was like, bro, we ain't gotta mm -hmm. worry about it. We get this dude rolling. He'll talk the whole time, tell stories. <laughs> yes, so you've been, a, you've been a great guest, man. Uh, I Always. appreciate you, man. And, I appreciate and just you guys keep, keep having me, man. Y'all boys continue this journey, man. This stuff is awesome. Hey, where can I watch this at, though? Oh, uh, it's gonna be on everything. We we drop them on Friday, so once on Fridays, Apple, Spotify, wherever you want to look at it, and we also have a YouTube channel. So if you want to mm -hmm. see the visual, it'll be on YouTube. I'll, and I'll the, get and my, my family to watch it in the car, like because I don't listen to music no more, really. Yeah, uh, I watch, I, I listen to podcasts all day. That's <laughs> it. Bet, bet, bet. Well, all right, brother, I appreciate you, man. We'll tap Always, in with brother. you, okay? All right, brother, be blessed. All right, you too. Peace. 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 Oh.